are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio George. He's a Tucson artist and photographer. We'll be right back with George, but first, let's talk about creativity. I read in the Atlantic under an article called The Secrets of the Creative Brain, a full 80% of creative people have had some kind of mood disturbance at some time in their lives, compared with just 30% of the control group only slightly less than an average match group in a general population. One possible contributing factor is a personality style shared with many of my creative subjects. These subjects are adventurous and exploratory. They take risks, particularly in science. The best work tends to occur in new frontiers. A popular saying among scientists goes, when you work at the cutting edge, you're likely to bleed. They have to confront doubt and rejection, and yet... They have to persist in spite of that because they believe strongly in the value of what they do. This can lead to psychic pain, which may manifest itself as depression or anxiety, or lead people to attempt to reduce their discomfort by turning to pain relievers such as alcohol. Persisting in the face of doubt or rejection for artists or for scientists can be a lonely path, one that may also partially explain why some of these people experience mental illness. And I feel like that's an appropriate topic today because we have two artists in the studio here, both of whom suffer from depression. And I have a long list of creative, wonderful friends that are really amazing artists, amazing musicians, writers, videographers, and they all face depression or other mood disorders like uh, bipolar and you know suicidal depression and all sorts of wonderful conditions and that there's like this genetic component I I look and talked about family in one of my episodes where you can look throughout my family and there's all sorts of instances of mental issues and things that people struggle with I just want to do a shout out today to my mom it is Mother's Day and I want to say happy Mother's Day mom and I love you very much and I'm so glad that you understand me and you understand when I suffer or struggle because you do too You don't just understand, but you completely empathize and understand it kind of from the inside out. It's this this double-edged thing of like, you're creative, you have all this stuff inside that you, you want to express. And I was listening to two things this week that made me want to pick this for the topic. One was Elizabeth Gilbert talking about creativity. My boss and I were just sharing a moment. She's like, have you seen this? And I said, I don't know. It turns out I had watched it before, but it was great to watch it again. Because she talks about creativity and the artist and the writer and how people have these grand expectations of genius, but that the word genius originally meant this, it was actually a being outside of yourself. It was something in the lived in the walls of your studio or your, or your writing area. And it would inhabit you, and then you would have your moments of genius, and that it was working through you. And not, not that you were a genius, but that you had genius, that you experienced genius, and that it comes from something much bigger than who we are. And I think that that tends to be like, if you struggle against that, then depression kind of takes over. If you, if your genius, your inner genius, or the genius that inhabits your workspace tries to express something and you can't express it, and you can't, can't get that 
meaning out there, it just makes it really difficult. And so I looked up some things on creativity. In Psychology Today, they had a, an article called Little Weird, Prone to Depression? Blame your creative brain. <laughs> uh, and they say, luckily, through, though creatives experience higher rates of mood disorders than the general population, the extremes of highs and lows tend to be brief balanced by long periods of normal effect or athemia. During these respite periods, creatives frequently reflect upon and draw from memories and experiences of their darker times to create their best art. So these, these moments, these highs and lows of emotional experience and those sparks of creativity seem to go hand in hand. I mean, it's not just for artists, but also for musicians and scientists, or all the arts, I should say, and scientists, that their creative moments are intermixed with bouts of depression or even mental illness, things that to somebody else would seem awful. It seems to be part of the process. And I've experienced that myself where I've had you know, when I finish one of my big projects, and I consider this radio show an art project. I know that I don't know how it fits in the visual arts anymore when it's a radio show. But to me, this is an art form. It's storytelling. It's sharing. And I'm collaborating with all these people to make it happen. And when I finish one of my big projects that usually lasts a year or two years or more, it's, 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 it's like a big relief. I feel great for like a day or two. And then I'm down. And I'm quiet. And I'm, I call hibernating and resting and just letting it digest a little bit. And everybody wants to talk about it, and you're done. <laughs> I actually want to end with an Albert Einstein quote. He says, although I am a typical loner in my daily life, my awareness of belonging to the invisible community of those who strive for truth, beauty, and justice has prevented me from feelings of isolation. So for any of you creative people out there who struggle with depression and have those moments of just pure feelings of isolation, know that you, like our Albert Einstein, are not alone. You are among a community of loners, <laughs> of these little, commun little tribes of one doing their creative outlets. And for me, that's just really comforting. So today we have with us in the studio George. He's a Tucson artist and photographer. Hello, George. Welcome to the Depression Session. Hi. So what's new with you? What are you, what are you working on? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always working on a lot of different projects <laughs> all at once. Well, I happen to know you, you have a project, a big, big, big project that um, you show me pictures of your creative endeavors. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> yes. You, you, you've recently purchased a home? I have. I have, and that's been... Um, interesting to say the least and <laughs> and fun though uh, and fun new way to express myself creatively yeah and it's it's funny because when I bought my house it was to me like this giant art project of like what color goes here and what happens there and it, it tends to absorb like your whole life right yeah absolutely <laughs> but in a wonderful way it I does. mean it is wonderful yeah. It's fun and, and, and exciting, and it will continue to be for quite a while for me. Yes. <laughs> I, I've been in a real creative slump with my house, actually. Oh. I'm sure we can think of stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I have a list of stuff to do, but depression seems to get in the way sometimes. Yeah, it can. It can. So, George, mm -hmm. tell us the story of your depression. Well, it goes back a long time. When I was a, a little kid... I can't remember specifically. I knew I was in grade school, 
and I was in grade school when I first kind of realized I was sad all the time and I started um, in therapy I believe I was in fourth or fifth grade and it just continued throughout my life with ebbs and flows of it and now looking back I've come to accept the fact that it's just there it's always going to be there it's not something that that anything specific will necessarily trigger it it's just it's my shadow sometimes I won't notice it sometimes I will sometimes I feel like I I don't know I I don't know if everybody feels like this but I can be happy and sad at the same time and and sometimes it's just which one is the stronger of the two emotions and and I just go on like that I am the child of two alcoholics, and that certainly did not help. It, it made for an interesting, I don't know, life uh, growing up. And I have a number of siblings, and I think we all dealt with it in different ways. But we all, I believe, um, suffer from depression in one way or another. I lost my father a few years ago, and my mother is still alive, but um, she has a lot of health issues, and she does have bipolar disorder, which also makes for an interesting, I don't know, goings-on nowadays. Sometimes she acts like a teenager, (laughs) but a teenager you can't ground. (laughs) So she can be a handful. And sometimes I have to, I feel like I have to put my depression in the back seat to help her with hers. And and it can be pretty taxing at times. And it can be taxing because I don't think a lot of people understand what depression is unless they've gone through it. And through life, I'll, I'll, I'll meet people who... Um, who I can tell do understand who've been there in in that place where you you're under the covers for days or weeks on end and you don't want to do anything and you don't want you, you don't want to interact with anyone or anything and and there's been times in my life where I've done that and I've embraced the depression and and just slept and slept for weeks and now I can't sleep for weeks anymore. I do often think of that longingly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's it's been an interesting life. I don't want to say I wouldn't trade it in, <laughs> but I don't know. A friend of I, I a friend of mine once told me I can't remember the quote exactly, but it was something about how at least. I feel I feel things more passionately. And when I'm sad, I'm very sad. But when I'm happy, I'm probably happier than a lot of my friends who don't suffer from depression because they haven't seen that, that side. Um, I just, I try and use it to my advantage. So I've just come to terms with it and, and try and use it. And I try and reframe things in my life to try and focus on the positive. And sometimes it's really hard to do that. And sometimes it's easier. And sometimes I feel like I'm just lying to myself and in denial, but you know, whatever works to kind of get me through it. I don't know. Did I get off track? No, I I, I tend to jump a lot of tracks. (laughs) (laughs) And I I mean, you're talking about creativity and I, I, 
wish and and my little sister is is pursuing a degree in the arts and and sometimes we'll talk and i feel like saying use that use it and paint something and 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 but that never works for me like if i'm depressed i like to do something in the arts and I, I want to say, oh, that that emotion influences what what that product is, but it doesn't. I just get lost in it, and then whatever the the project is kind of tells me where it's going to go. Not necessarily the. Uh, I'd like to say it's like, oh, this is so tortured because that's how I was feeling at the moment, but no, it's. I, I don't know. I just let kind of the creativity take over. That's something that I think a lot about with, because I teach students and I teach them just practical skills and things, but I also try to give them at least the opportunity of going into that space where you do feel creative and it doesn't have to tell a story about like, oh, I'm this tortured artist, (laughs) but that it's healing in and of itself. Yes. That those moments when you are in that space of creative production you're you're like transported a little bit mm-hmm. that it's it might not be an expression of your depression but that it is a way to express that helps with the depression <laughs> yeah i i agree and i think that's my coping mechanism i mean i certainly when i was younger i experimented with um chemical substances and they never really like i just didn't get it because for me it the problems were always there. You know, even drinking, like, okay, you get drunk, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I still had those problems or those issues going on and never took them away. Getting lost in your art, getting into that kind of flow where everything just kind of fades away, time and everything, and, and all all that exists is what you're working on. That, to me, that's what kind of helps me through through anything that I'm that I just can't handle normally I also in the past have tried different antidepressants I those were certainly interesting experiences (laughs) years ago I tried Zoloft and my friends well let's just say they thought I was very assertive (laughs) (laughs) and you know my filter just went away my internal filter and I just say what was in my mind and I certainly, I do remember and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said and did those things. Then a few years later, I tried Prozac and it was really good for me for a while. I needed that break. I needed, I needed a little bit to stay above water and, and just catch my breath. And then I stopped taking it abruptly right around the holidays. It was December, and I saw my doctor, and I said, as very matter-of-factly, I stopped taking the Prozac, and she freaked out. Oh, my gosh, you can't do that, and it's the holidays, and you're depressed. And I said, I've been depressed my entire life, and I needed a break, but I'm tired of feeling this buffer in my life. I felt like I was going through life with, like, a scuba suit on, and, and I wasn't really feeling the sadness, but I wasn't feeling the joys or, or other things. And a friend of mine used to describe it as Prozac normal, he said. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people that were just, you know, this kind of calm and, and just not, they were just kind of flatlining. So that was all in good. And, and so for a lot of years, I, I didn't feel the need to, to be an antidepressant. I dealt with it with other things. And then all of a sudden, 
I got cancer and I had surgery to remove the cancer and it affected my endocrine system and oh my gosh <laughs> wow I guess I didn't realize how important some of those parts are to our emotions and to our daily life and and it really changed a lot of things for me and then right around the holidays that first year I started I was going through a lot of problems and 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 suicide became an option in my mind, I just, you know, I'd say, okay, well, I could do this to solve this. I could do this. Or, you know, there's always suicide. And I was nowhere near close, but it really scared me. And I talked to one of my doctors, and I just kind of mentioned it. And they suggested I see a counselor first. And then it, it got worse, and it got worse. And so in passing, I saw him, and I said, oh, by the way, do you remember that thing we talked about? I really need some medication. Mm-hmm. And he put me on Wellbutrin, and it worked within the following three, four weeks. You know, it, it, I felt it because it was this time. I don't know why it, it felt different. It felt purely chemical. Mm-hmm. It felt. I mean, I wasn't under any additional stress. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. There's always stress involved with my family in one way or another, and. So it wasn't anything like, oh my gosh, you know, this is on top of everything else. It was just chemical and I needed to do something about it. So I did that and, and that seemed to work for, for now. And I don't know how long I will need to be on it this time. But, um, but like I said, I, I pretty much accepted the fact that it's going to be there my entire life. And I, I just need to find ways to cope with it and... And there's days where it is very overwhelming and I wake up and I use all of my willpower that's there for the day just to get out of bed and go to work, which is really weird because I do love where I work and I like working with everyone there. And and that's one of the things that I use. I'm like, oh, I got to go to work because I got to help this person or I got to finish this project or that. And, And like I said, I try and use framing and and try and put things in in a positive spin i don't know maybe 15 20 years ago i was lucky enough to have the right therapist at the right time because sometimes i've had therapists that are like eh, you know and i they just weren't the right person for me at that time and this person this is how far back it goes because his analogy was with a tape recorder (laughs) (laughs) so he told me and i know it sounds very simple and he said listen you've got this tape recorder where you've been playing i'm depressed i'm sad every morning when you wake up and that's all you're playing you need to take that tape out and say you're happy even if you don't feel like saying that one day, just take the sadness tape out and don't play it. And after a while, you'll notice that, hey, maybe I'm not that sad today and I'm not focusing on that. And to me, it kind of felt a little silly. It felt like that guy from uh, Saturday Night Live with the self-affirmations because gosh darn it, I'm good enough and I like myself. And it felt a little silly. But after a while of me just not focusing on, you know what, I'm sad, it, it, it really did help. And, and it really, in a way, introduced me to framing and, and trying to put a different tape, a different spin to situations. You know, I really consider myself a very lucky person 
my experiences that I've had through life, maybe someone would see them and say, oh, that sucks. But I try and pick out that spot, that little thing, that little twist that says, you know what, this could have been worse. And what happened to you, you can use as a way to learn and, and not make the same mistakes again, even though I usually make them like four or five times. So it takes me <laughs> a while to, to learn those lessons. Thank you. What a great story. Thanks so much for sharing. I, I relate to a bunch of things in your story. And, and one of them is just that, that like reframing of things. I've been feeling better lately because I finally just said, oh, I just worked tons of hours. I work tons of hours, but it's a job I love and I'm doing stuff that's fun and give in to the fact that like that means every day I have work to do and it seems insurmountable instead of looking at it as this insurmountable like weight on my shoulders I just looked at it and I went hey hi there big pile of work that is stuff I love doing and it sounds <laughs> dumb but that little reframing made everything better and I feel less depressed than I have in four years <laughs> <laughs> good good yeah because it's there's something that happens when you it's like i always say you you can't get perspective on your own a lot of times you need someone else to step back for you and say why don't you look at it this way and sometimes it's not helpful sometimes that's like okay you're just trying to put a positive spin on and you're not recognizing my pain or empathizing Mm -hmm. but when someone can recognize your pain and empathize and then say do you want to look at it this way and you have the option to say oh yeah actually looking at it that way helps me a lot yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with with you. And that, and sometimes it, it's not helpful. Sometimes you're like, just, I need to go through this. And, and that's something I also like to say is, you know, everyone is allowed to feel the way they want to feel. And, and throughout a lot of my depression, you know, there'll be people who say, just get over it. And you're like, oh, my gosh, really? I never thought about your genius. You know, it's like, <laughs> and you just, just kind of want to strangle them. But I, I've also come across people who've said that who I've realized they're just, they're frustrated and they're scared and they don't know how to help you. Mm. And sometimes you just don't need anyone to help you you just want to know that they're there even if they're just sitting there quiet or they're just listening or just just for you to feel that there's someone there for you but yeah back to the reframing is is it's it's gonna help because the way i figure if you have to go through it anyways why not make the best of it Mm -hmm. it's it's just you gotta do it just put a little sugar in it, and then <laughs> it helps the medicine go down. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I'm finding with this show that depression is really complex, and we experience it very individually. My depression will not look like your depression, but it has a kinship, and that there are these connections, like that thing about cr- creative people struggle in in their creation like there's something about being creative that is a struggling process right it's you're trying to bring something to fruition you know you're you're trying to make something that other people are going to look at you and be like okay you're crazy Mm -hmm. that's stupid Mm -hmm. what were you thinking Mm -hmm. nobody does it that way right (laughs) and that 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 that's that's part of 
if you're really being creative, probably there will be people who hate it. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, and and that's something I've I've also learned. And I tried to. I am my worst critic, but I've also tried to accept the fact that it's for me. It's part of the process. It's just doing it. I'm mm-hmm. not always focused on the end product. It's just doing it that makes me feel good, and I'll just do it for myself and. If some people like it, okay. If some people don't like it, then they don't like it. There's been stuff where I'm surprised people. Like, I'm like, really? You like that? I did that in like five minutes. For me, it's always that I'm totally over that. Glad that you like that, but I'm totally over that. Because <laughs> yeah. people tend to be really excited about like a few pieces I've made over my lifetime. Uh-huh. And those are the ones that people are like, wow. And I'm like, it, yeah, that was so last year. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny that way. And I'm trying not to do that because it's not really honoring. They're having a new experience of it. Sure, I'm done with it, but they're having this new experience and to allow myself to take compliments. Yeah, that's hard sometimes. It's so hard. I find that, and I know there's been a ton of studies about how people will take criticism better than they'll take compliments. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's hard to sit there and for people to tell you good things about yourself. Even though, like, sometimes you say, oh, I wish someone would validate me in this. But when they tell you, and you're just like, you can't, it's hard to accept. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I was actually talking to Dan about that last night of, like, we're trying to come up with, we were, I was telling you about our talking sessions mm-hmm. where one person talks and then the other person talks. And he's, he went to this workshop and there's actually a format for that in a bunch of different arenas. And then he made an offhand comment of like, you know, I know all this stuff. It's, it surprises me that you came up with it. And I immediately went to that place of like, I'm not worthy. You don't think I'm worthy. <laughs> you know, so we were talking about like the, the part of you that can't, that, that reacts to things it's not the other person. Of course, they're saying and doing things that, that you react to, right? Like his intention wasn't to say that at all. It was just like, why didn't I think of that, you know, clunk right. on the head? Like, wow, yeah. you thought of it. And I knew all that stuff and I didn't think to do these talking sessions yeah. and I probably never would have. And he was just being really honest about that. And in my he- head and heart, I'm going, I'm not, I'm not, you don't think I'm wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that self-criticism really it drives us in both directions it can drive you to be productive and it can also because you just want to prove something to yourself and to everybody and and then there's like the real creative part where you're in that flow yeah yeah and and it is something to be careful with because sometimes it the other person doesn't mean it in a negative way and I tend to try and analyze everything in my life. It's like, why did that person say that specific thing? <laughs> you know, was was there a reason behind it? And sometimes I will. What are they trying to tell it. me? I know. It's like, <laughs> did I do something? What? What? And and sometimes it's not. There's no reason why they said it. That was the first thing that popped in their head. And so I've got to come to you know be at rest or my little sister sometimes will she'll tell me her stories of something that's happened to her and then she's so worried about what so and so if she's like and I tell her honey it is none of your business what other people think of you wow that's like a perfect note to end the show on it's none of your business what other people think about you but that you're allowed to have your feelings anyway absolutely thank you for being on the show Jorge Mm -hmm. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. 
I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septahelix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.